Welcome to Do That Well. I'm your host, Brenda Brown, and with me, executive coach Karen Thrall. Today on Do That Well, we're going to wrap up our series on being a leader. If you've been following along this whole time, we've been focusing on these three types of leaders that Karen has identified through her work as a coach. We've been telling you that there's an episode coming if you don't identify as one of these leadership types. We've arrived. This is your episode. Also, as you've been listening, you've learned that I fall into the champion leadership group. However, something that we haven't discussed is which group, Karen, you fall into. And that's because you actually don't identify as a leader, as one of the leadership types, yep. and you fall into one of the other two categories. Yep. Very, very freeing when I had that <laughs> realization. <laughs> yes, that's true. Have I been a leader? Yes. Have I led teams? Yes. Do I have some history pages with leadership in it? For sure. However, my greatest strength is to not be a leader. And the fact that I'm a coach, you know, I love what I do. <laughs> I absolutely love what I do. And that is I stand with leaders and make sure they are thriving. They are excelling. They're at their very, very best. They're succeeding. And that gives me great joy and a lot of life. So a good analogy would be a coach for a sports team. The coach isn't playing the game, but the coach is watching the game and making sure the players are extraordinary. So that's what I get to do. And it's such a privilege and honor. So there are two types of influencers. All five know how to influence. Three know how to lead. But there's two influencers that aren't interested in leadership. And those are the two that we'll talk about now. And I fall into those. So the first one is an innovator. And the second one's an ambassador. So while I was doing all this research on different types of leaders and different ways we can influence, it was so liberating for me to go, wait, I fall in the, these two categories. And I noticed that my weaknesses were showing in the leadership area. And I went, I'm not a leader. This is fantastic. <laughs> I just, it was like all this pressure fell off me not to, not to feel the need to lead, that I could still have an, a, a wonderful impact on this world without having to lead people and, and calling people as a group. So um, the ambassador, if you think about it, you think of what an ambassador represents, and they always represent the leader well. They know how to help people shine and to be a resource so that others succeed, and that's, that's what an ambassador is. Um, the cup is half full. Uh, they see uh, the, that the world is bright and beautiful. Um, they are very adaptable. They're very flexible. Um, they have a laid-back side to them. Um, they're not very good at keeping track of time, actually, <laughs> <laughs> on the most part and generally. Um, but they do see the positive in people. So they always see people's potentials. Um, they, um, they're, what can get them into a bit of trouble is sometimes they come across like a chameleon because they adapt to whoever they're with. <laughs> But truly, the, the heart of an ambassador is they're trying to find that area of connection. Where do you and I have something in common? Where do you and I relate? They actually quite enjoy differences, and um, they don't, don't box them in, don't define them. They really, they really uh, enjoy those debatable topics where not everyone's in agreement as long as people are enjoying the conversation and there's no meanness. You know? <laughs> if it gets mean, they're gone. They're, no thanks. You know? 
another thing that's for an ambassador is they have a real low energy that they go through. So they're because they're very positive and what I call sparkly, people misunderstand when their energy goes low and they're like, what happened? Because the energy in the room changes if they're feeling low and it's not, there's nothing wrong. They're just need to refuel. That's it. They need to recharge. And I always tell ambassadors, go take an hour and a half break and then come back and you'll be fine. So that's another, you can tell if you're an ambassador, if you have all of a sudden out of the blue, you're just like, wow, you're just like, oh, I feel so low. It's just because your energy is depleted and you just need to refuel. Um, they do shine in smaller groups. So that's why that leadership, it doesn't interest them as much, but you put them around a table with three people and they love that. That's their sparkly. That's where they're going to just have a blast. You start growing that table to eight or 10 and they're like, rut row like nope <laughs> this doesn't work for me anymore so they just they're very comfortable with a few people which makes sense if you're an ambassador that you're representing a leader well you're representing other leaders well so that's what they do um if you think of like professors are wonderful ambassadors because they're there to help students excel they're not there to lead them but they are there to influence them so they can thrive you know so that would be another example of ambassador um, so that would be the ambassador. Yeah, and you can see how in your description of the ambassador, they are a very influential figure. They are somebody that you could easily view that as leadership, but they feel more comfortable when they're supporting others. And I really want to stress that with all five of these types that we're discussing throughout this series, they're all influencers so they are all very important types and you don't need to be one of these three leadership types to still pack a punch so to speak you know to still be a very effective person and to still bring importance to the world and to those around you so I just I want to really hammer that home <laughs> yeah, it's so true it's very freeing because to influence the world to be a better place that's exciting uh, but you don't have to lead a group of people to do that, you know, which if it's okay, I'll go into the innovator, which is another yeah. f influencer. And, um, and so for me personally, my scores are in these two. So, and if you're wondering about scores, I, I have my own little uh, quiz <laughs> that I, I have everybody that I coach has to fill out the quiz and that helps me know how to coach them. So I look at the, this survey and I see what they chose as because you get to self-choose all the qualities. And then I know, OK, this is this type of person. So for me, when I self-quizzed myself, I was an ambassador and an innovator. And so um, an innovator also is an interest in leadership, but they are going to desire to influence the world, to make the world a better place. A few iconic figures in, in our history uh, that really identify with the innovator is Leonardo da Vinci and Amelia Earhart. Both of them changed the world. Both of them impacted the world. They are timeless, uh, yet they didn't actually lead a group of people. Um, some other qualities about them is they deeply think. So they have a deep thinking in them. Um, they really want the levels to be calm, so they don't want that loud noise around them. Like if a siren goes by, it jolts them. Um, they don't want people yelling. So if someone starts to have their volume goes up, they're not going to like that at all. It makes them very uncomfortable. 
Um, they're not going to push or be forceful, so they won't impose on anybody. Um, they do definitely want their personal space, and they want you to respect their boundaries. Um, okay, here's some cool things about them. They are some of the most romantic people in the world because they're idealistic, um, because they, they think outside the box, so it allows them to have a romantic notion about things, unrealistic. Um they can talk about any topic, so there's nothing that really scares them. So they can talk about all the hardcore conversations, and they're very present in it, and all things like that. They can be melancholy, not necessarily depressed, but they can go into dark places. Um, and the thing with that, though, is you, you don't want to mislabel that because when they come out of a dark place, they have all this these ideas and innovation and concepts. So for innovator, I hate to break it to you, innovator, but that dark place in you is actually a gift. <laughs> so you might as well get comfortable with it and embrace it because when you come out of it, you're coming out with fresh thinking, with new thoughts. So it's actually a beautiful thing not to be afraid of that. Like if you think of a tree and the roots in the wintertime, the roots are growing in the underground, in the dark, but the trees getting stronger. So that's what they have, which is really awesome. Um, when it comes to their thoughts, it's uh, they're giving you a piece of themselves. So they're never, ever going to give you a flippant thought ever. So in the workplace, if somebody's asking for your opinion, it's best to uh, give an innovator a few days and say, look, I have a question. Can you take the next couple of days to think about it? And I'll ask you again on Thursday. I just want your best answer. And they'll love that. But in a boardroom, if you're asking questions on the fly, they don't know how to do that. And it makes sense. Look at Leonardo da Vinci. He wouldn't be able to invent anything if he didn't have those moments of deep reflection, deep introspection. And that's where, in those solitude thoughts, that's where all this innovation came out of. Um, they do tend to be introverts, uh, but that's just to refuel and recharge. And when they're confident and they walk into a room, you can't help but notice them. And they're very quiet. But if they're confident, it's very mysterious. And it's a very attractive quality. So another thing to those innovators, do not underestimate the power of your silence. It actually is way more effective than you think it is. So um, that's a, I guess that's a few. I personally, when I hear you talk about the innovator and the ambassador, I, I think it's really exciting. I mean, there's definitely a part of me that is a little jealous like oh I want to be an innovator I don't need to lead people you know <laughs> so I again I just think that it is so important if you do fall into one of these categories as the innovator or as the ambassador to feel okay embracing that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which leads me to I know we're going to talk about if you are an innovator that has an untapped leader within you but before we segue into that, I do just want to spend a little more time talking about how it's really okay to embrace if you are an innovator or an ambassador. And despite the fact that in current work culture, it typically is more revered to be in a leadership role. That's oftentimes the way that you can move up in a company. A lot of the times these leadership roles come with higher salaries, but I believe that there is a way that you can comfortably be an ambassador or an innovator and still find great success. And I'm wondering, Karen, if you have any advice or stories around that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Be confident that you influence. 
You influence companies, you, you influence environments, you influence communities and cultures, you influence mindsets and thinking and perspectives, you influence the way of doing things. So when you get, when you're part of a company, you are influencing that company into greatness, into something better than what they already have. Find great comfort in that, that just because you're not in charge of the team does not discredit how valuable you are. So the first thing I would say to an ambassador and to an innovator is find your worth. Know your worth so that you can negotiate. And without apology, if, if know that what you bring, regardless of its leadership or not, is effective and it's changing the culture of the company and the success of the company. Okay, so it's, that's the first thing I would say. Um, when I worked at uh, Fluvog, at head office, when we worked at, at Fluvog, um, one of my colleagues, her name is Arabella, and she's still with Fluvog. And oh, I remember the first time I met her, she came into the boardroom for an interview, and we all got to interview her, and her eyes were bright. Her smile was bright. She was just this breath of fresh air. And so I, I recognized that she had, a, a, first, she had that brightness of an ambassador but she had the talent of an innovator. And I went, oh, yeah, I know this person <laughs> in the sense that I, 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 can, I, I can, I get her soul. I get her soul. And, uh, and so we're a switch. So I'm high ambassador with innovator, and she's high innovator with ambassador. And I noticed that John immediately had a connection with her because she represented John well. And I'm watching her career at John, Fluvok, at John Fluvok Shoes just shining because she was very confident and is confident and secure in her talent. She is a super valuable player in the design team. And her and John have a strong connection in the artistic front and also in, in her representing them. So you can see it in Arabella. She comes, she'd come into work and still does. I'm not there anymore. She's still there. But she, she brought this energy because she was so sure of that what she was doing had an incredible impact on the company. And that made her very valuable. So, so you, that would be a wonderful example of you don't have to be a leader to change the world. Okay. Another example would be, uh, there was this guy I got to coach, and he was a VP in an organization. And um, he, when, when I was talking to him, he was dying a slow death because he, they made him a leader. And he, it, was, it was just robbing his soul. He did not want to be a leader. He didn't know that because he was stepping up, and it was a big position. It was a very big position, and he didn't know what to do, and he was very distraught. And I remember us talking about all contracts are negotiable. So yes, you you tried it out, but you didn't. He wanted to get back in the field where he really was thriving. So he went back, renegotiated the contract, said this is not working for me or for the company. This is not a good fit. Like you thought leadership was what I was supposed to do next. That is not what I'm supposed to do next. They put him back in the field. And his income didn't change at all because they saw how valuable he was not being a leader. He was so influential out there that it was benefiting the company to have keep him out there. And yet it didn't compromise his earnings, even though he let go of the leadership. So see, things like that, like when you know your worth, you know, you can move up in the company in your own unique way. And thank you for sharing that last example, because I think that really perfectly 
illustrates what I am trying to express <laughs> is that you really can. There are ways to find success and to still get the salary that you want and to feel fulfilled in one of these other types without being a leader. And as you said, finding your worth and being comfortable in that. I just think that's so important because it it is oftentimes that is the way that you are offered to move up in a company. It's I've heard the question before, are you interested in management? And this is for myself and for others. And I think that if you feel confident and know that there's something you're bringing to the table other than a management or leadership skill, and you aren't afraid to express that, you can still find success. So thank you for sharing that last example. Yeah. Yeah. However, going into the last thing that we're going to discuss in this series what if you are currently sitting in an ambassador or innovator role, but you have a calling for leadership? You feel like there's an untapped leader within you, and that's something that you want to explore. Maybe a good starting place would be to discuss what does that feel like if you're an innovator or ambassador? What are those clues to you or the cues to you that you might be wanting to move into a leadership role? Mm -hmm. There's going to be an ache inside you there's gonna be something really incomplete living inside you and you're the chances of you being afraid or not giving yourself permission to go there is pretty high so even now for people listening you're listening to the innovator and the ambassador and you I can identify but as soon as you Brenda said well what about people that have an untapped leadership they're an ache instantly you had an ache of incomplete that is it that's your cue that you are hiding in a safe place and you don't think you deserve it. You don't think you're qualified. You don't think you'll be considered or chosen. Um, you've never done it before. You feel inexperienced. Throw all those excuses away. Those are just excuses. <laughs> those are just excuses. Those are just, yeah, but, and you're going to start growing the muscle. And the first thing you want to do is say, okay, okay. It's similar to our series that we did about pursuing your dreams. Those first cues to you that you might be ready is you might feel maybe even a little frustration on occasion. Mm -hmm. You might feel that there's an, a yearning or, as you said, a, a desire. Yeah. I think, too, um, for, for the people that uh, – feel like but I have no experience especially in today's time volunteer work is recognized more and more and more so if you have a LinkedIn account make sure you have your volunteer uh, where you volunteer listed as part of your LinkedIn profile and in your CV resume so uh, volunteer work is where you grow the muscle and, and it really does if you find an organization go to the executive director that you, that you would really love to, to learn from and say, I, I want to grow my leadership skills. How can I serve you? And charities and not-for-profits, oh man, they need so much help. And they will gladly say yes. And it's a perfect place to learn because the need is so great. And there's such an appreciation for the, the humanitarian side of you that's coming out. And you'll start growing that muscle and then you add it to your CV. And, and, and when you go to your interview and you, and you say, well, where I really learned leadership was when I volunteered here. That companies love that more and more and more, uh, more and more companies are wanting 
they're actually wanting their employees to volunteer and companies are starting to initiate programs within the organization for employees to volunteer. So if you're not confident in your leadership, please go volunteer and practice practice your leadership. The other thing I'd say is get over yourself, <laughs> get out of your way and start um, start uh, submitting your resume to positions of leadership and take the risk. Just do it. Do it. Pick the companies you want to where you want to grow up. Again, right? We all we either grow up into a company or we grow out into another company. That's how it works. So start pursuing up or pursue out into other organizations to start learning how to be a leader. Yeah. And then there's mentoring, right? There's also mentoring. Making sure you can apprentice leadership as well. I have a thought and I'm curious to hear what you think about this. I'm just thinking if you are currently, again, sitting in this innovator or ambassador role, but you feel that you have an untapped leader within you, you've gone back, you've listened to our first episodes about leaders, and you've decided, you know, which category you fall into. Do you feel that it would be wise for someone that's just discovering that they want to go on this journey of growing their leadership muscle that it would be smart to get ahead of some potential weaknesses that they might have. Because if you are already in an established leadership role and you're already set in your ways as a conqueror or a champion or a chieftain, it might be a little bit harder for you to address some of those weaknesses. But if you're just starting to build that muscle, do you think it would be helpful to concurrently get ahead of your weaknesses so that when you do get into this leadership role in your workplace, you're, you're already a bit more well-rounded? That, you know what I love about that is pretty much you're saying, wouldn't it be good to do some research? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Brenda, Brenda, the champion, thinks, thinks people should do research. I can't, I can't yes. stop. You can't over help here. it. You can't <laughs> help it. You can't help it. No, I, yes, a thousand percent. Yes. The more, I mean, going in and, and really, you, I mean, we've given, we've given some tools now of what type of leaders there are and to go in and look at those types of leaders and how can I make sure that I, I, now that I'm aware of the weaknesses of leadership in all three areas, I've got the handbook right in front of me. It is good to know those things. What would you do to make sure you don't fall into those those little mishaps? What would you do? And to start really exercising that just by example. I love that, Brenda. It's a great idea. <laughs> well, in a way, they're getting a leg up, I suppose, is what I'm, I'm really trying to get at here is that because you're not already set in your ways – you have this opportunity to get a leg up and to, if you have an untapped champion within you, you can be an even stronger champion than, than someone that's been championing for years because they've, they've already developed habits. Whereas you, you get a fresh set of eyes if you're mm -hmm. growing into one of these roles. Mm -hmm. And even to tag that as well, lots of companies like to take um, inexperience and mold it and shape it into the culture and the brand because they're not bringing, like you said, old habits from other organizations. So you, people that are listening, you might be very surprised of how open your company will be to start to shape you and mentor you into a leadership role. So that's, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I know that I personally manage teams that I've adopted as well as teams that I've gotten to pick and choose my team and then build them. And for me, because I was a newer leader at the time, I did find it easier when I was able to pick my team and then grow them versus when I was handed a team that was already established. Um, That Again, I was a newer leader, so I was still coming into my leadership role myself. But I, I do think that that is something, as you said, that companies oftentimes are looking for or enjoy. So as you said, I think you might be surprised if you're trying to foray into a leadership role and you aren't currently in one, there might be more opportunities out there that are available than you might think there are. So as you said, get out of your own way and just try it. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Great. As we reach the end of our series, are there any last words of advice or wisdom, Karen, that you might have for those out there that are seeking leadership roles or even seasoned professionals that have been on a a journey, but ways in which you think would be good for them to reignite their joy and spirit? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A few things I would say. One is Every chapter in your life story up to this point is foundational. So when you look back and you look at all the good and the bad, the beautiful and the ugly of your entire life story up to this point, create a foundation for today. And, and you get to grow that foundation, build on that foundation. So that thing of there is no other you. So what you want is really what you want. And to not second guess it to not apologize, to not keep asking everybody's opinion and feedback. And then it gets you all muddled and confused because now you have other people's feedback and you're not listening to yourself. What do you want? If you want to be a leader, wow. Do you realize how honorable that position is? Do you realize the motive of your heart and the motive of who you are as a person is really good? Because you're saying, I I want to build a team so we can do great things together. Don't deny that. Don't apologize for that. If you don't want to be a leader, you know, like, and you were like, boy, Karen, that innovator and that ambassador really spoke to me. Know that about yourself and thrive in it and know your worth. Know your worth as an ambassador or as an innovator. That's perfectly fine. Just the way you are and let go of the leadership thing. That's okay. And then for people that are hiding and they're afraid to step out, or maybe not afraid, maybe they're just never, never crossed their mind to be a leader. And today they're going, oh, I want this. I want this. Go it. D- go do it. Yeah, go do it. Go after it and, and thrive, really, truly. Keep adding to how awesome you already are and keep adding those qualities to who you are. Keep building your story. Your story is not over. <laughs> okay. Well, it it's almost saddens me to end this series. I've been enjoying talking about leadership roles with you so much. I know we started off this series by saying that I know that this is something you have so much passion for. And I personally just love hearing you talk about it because it brings so much energy to these three types. And it, it makes me start to feel jealous that I'm you know over here in champion. Like I start to think like, Oh, I want to be a chieftain or, Oh, being a conqueror sounds amazing or an innovator, you know? So thank you, Karen, for sharing all these amazing words of wisdom with us when it comes to these leadership types, what it's like if you're not a leadership and how to bring that all to the workplace to be effective and inspiring. 
next week we'll be coming back with a hot new topic i need to stop saying hot new topic <laughs> It's like I'm really obsessed with hot, hot off the press. Uh, <laughs> You're so current. You're so trending, Brenda. <laughs> oh my goodness. Next week, we'll be coming back with a new topic, and we'll see you there. <laughs>